Hey, Moving Forward listeners, here's today's Poshmark Power Tip. Save your favorite videos of your listings in your album to reuse in your stories and tag the listing. This will make it evergreen marketing. For more Poshmark seller tips, check out the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and as an audiobook on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 434. I hope everyone has had a great week and are getting ready for another great weekend. We are at the tail end of July. I can't believe how fast this summer has gone by. And we're continuing on with the summer movie series. I hope you're having a good time. I've had a wonderful time so far. I love doing this series and the response has been really great. By the way, you can find the write-ups for all the prior episodes uh, at the website bemovingforward.com. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Do check out the updated trailer available on episode 000, which will give you a roadmap of how to approach moving forward so you can pick and choose the content that speaks most to you. All right, today's summer movie. Uh, I thought about uh, you know movies that I've I've enjoyed over the past and Something occurred to me. A lot of the movies that I've covered this year and in prior years were from the 1990s. And I really think the 1990s was a golden age of film. Now, coincidentally, uh, when I was in late high school and then in college, that's when I started seeing a lot more movies. I didn't see as many movies in the theater as a kid. But uh, growing up, as I got into high school and then later into college, that's when I started to enjoy going to the theater a lot more. And in the 1990s in particular, there was a, there was a trend of a lot of movies that were based around fictional stories of U.S. presidents. And uh, I, I talked a little bit about um, Independence Day a couple of weeks ago. I briefly mentioned Air Force One when I talked about Contact. And even Contact uh, drew in uh, the real-life administration at the time and blending it with the fictional story. And one of my favorite movies about uh, U.S. presidents or fictional U.S. presidents is actually 1995's The American President. And I thought about talking about it on the summer movie series. However, that movie is something that I associate more with fall. Now, you can watch it any time of the year, but I I do associate that more with fall. So I'm going to stick with the summer and uh, talk about 1993's Dave. I think this is a funny, fantastic comedy. It's a little under the radar. I think this was a a popular movie when it came out. It's not talked about as much, and I'm not sure why that is. Maybe because it's gotten overshadowed. We've had so much in terms of fictional presidential lore, if you will, with uh, shows like The West Wing, which kind of came out later. And I think that left such a uh, cultural hallmark that earlier movies, I think, like Dave may have gotten a little bit uh, forgotten. But I think it is a funny movie. I think while it's obviously a reflection of the time and there are a lot of cameos that are reflective of that era in politics, I think it is a worthwhile film to check out. And despite it being a lighthearted, sometimes slapstick comedy, it's also very intelligent. 
and I think it has a very intricate plot. And I think there's some great, uh, you know, they're great, some great elements and takeaways from that movie. So I'm going to talk about 1993's Dave, a little, uh, some basic statistics about it. This movie was released May 7th, 1993, had a budget of $28 million and a box office of about $92 million. So it did quite well on a modest budget. And again, this is an example of a movie that didn't have a lot of special effects or any, really any special effects at all, and really focused on story and character. It was directed by the late, great Ivan Reitman, who was probably most famous for Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, but he directed a number of um, legendary comedies uh, throughout the 80s and the 90s and uh, I, I, his career, I think, spans far beyond that. But he directed Dave, does a great job here. Uh, let's go over the cast. We have Kevin Klein. I think he is really fantastic in this movie. He does actually double duty playing two roles, Dave Kovic and the U.S. President William Harrison Mitchell. And that'll come into play when I talk about the plot a little bit later. Sigourney Weaver, she plays the First Lady, Ellen Mitchell. This is, I think, coming off of her... Uh, run in Alien 3, which was such a dour movie. I'm not a huge fan of Alien 3. I love the first two Alien movies, and I think this was a great turn for her to do this, and she gets to show her comedic chops. And I have to imagine she enjoyed the, doing this movie. She she looked like she had a lot of fun, and her she, does, she gives a great performance in this movie. Frank Langella, legendary actor who's done, who has an incredible body of work, he is really well cast here as Bob Alexander. He's the chief of staff. He's the antagonist. Really menacing in this role. Very calculating. Does a great job in this movie. And he's one of the standouts in this film. Kevin Dunn, he's also very good in this movie. I think he was mostly known for uh, being on the sitcom Home Improvement. But he also had appearances in a number of comedic films, I think, throughout the 90s. I don't know if he... I th- I don't know if he's still acting today, but he played Alan Reed, the communications director, does a great job in this movie. Ving Rames, I think kind of early on in his career as uh, Dwayne Stevenson, uh, he's, he plays a Secret Service agent, does a great job in here. I think this is just before or maybe a couple of years removed from uh, being in the Mission Impossible films. Um, ben Kingsley as the vice president, Gary Nance. Charles Grodin, who I think in some parts really steals the show. He plays Murray Blum. He's a friend of Dave's. He's also uh, a uh, kind of a neurotic accountant, CPA, and I'll talk more about his role a little bit later. You have a very early role for Laura Linney as Randy. She plays a White House staffer. And lots of cameos from senators, members of the House, and members of the news corps. So this is you you will see a who's who of politics and media from the 1990s in this film. All right, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the plot, some of the highlights of Dave, the good and the bad and where you can watch this film. Hey moving forward listeners, I've talked about on the Poshmark mini series how staying organized and knowing your negotiating guidelines are key to running a successful business on Poshmark. 
That's why I've developed the Poshmark Seller Journal for individuals and small businesses, a journal containing worksheets for inventory management and establishing negotiating guideposts for your listings. Included are sample worksheets that are filled out as examples to help new and experienced Poshmark sellers. It's available now on Amazon, or you can find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. If you want to learn more about starting a business on Poshmark, I've also written a book, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Stay organized with The Poshmark Seller Journal and start moving forward today. All right, we're talking about 1993's Dave. So here's the basic plot. Kevin Klein does a dual role in this movie. He plays Dave Kovic, who's the main protagonist, who's a part-time actor and runs a fledgling employment agency where he tries to help people find jobs. So he's a very decent guy. He's a little bit scatterbrained, and he bears a striking resemblance to the current U.S. president, uh, William Mitchell, also played by Kevin Klein. And in sharp contrast, uh, President Mitchell, he's a very cold, manipulative, calculating, and, and corrupt president. You know, he's really just consumed with power. He's married to uh, Ellen Mitchell, played by Sigourney Weaver, in a fantastic performance. And she's a very, very decent first lady. She uh, takes up a lot of initiatives to help um, the homeless, to help uh, children. And so she and the president are pretty estranged. So you've got Dave Kovic on the one hand, the struggling actor, and he gets a lot of odd jobs, not surprisingly, portraying the U.S. president. In fact, the film has a great opening in which he's at the at a car dealership, and he is portraying the U.S. president, and it is a hilarious and simultaneously cringe, cringy scene in which he's pretending to be the president uh, promoting a car dealership. And then it cuts to the real president, also played by Kevin Klein. And then you see the contrast between these two individuals. They couldn't be any more different. And this is a credit to Kevin Klein, who is a very versatile actor. He, he He's great at comedy, but he's also very good at playing a very menacing, calculating character. And around President Mitchell, he's got these two assistants. So they're part of this trio He's got his communications director, uh, Kevin Dunn, uh, who plays Alan Reed, and he's got Frank Langella, who plays Bob Alexander. Now, Frank Langella, I don't often see him in comedies, but he's very good in this. And the reason why I think he's so effective is he's such a, he plays this intelligent, calculating character who's even more calculating than the president. And he's very power hungry. And so they want to ensure that their power continues. And essentially what happens is that uh, the communications director and the chief of staff, they hire stand-ins for the U.S. president uh, at events. And they use, they use under the guise of, well, the president is working on something top secret or he, had, he needs to be in two places at once. So what they do is they send the Secret Service, they, they send Ving Rhames, who... who Great performance here. Early performance by Ving Rhames. He plays Dwayne Stevenson. He's a very intimidating, stoic Secret Service agent to go to Dave's house. 
And Dave is understandably freaked out. At first, he thinks that the IRS has come, uh, you know, about his taxes. But uh, Dwayne says, no, we actually are here for a special assignment. And they introduce him to Bob and Alan. And they're marveling at the resemblance. And in fact, there is a scene, a brief scene in which President Mitchell comes into this hotel room and he meets Dave and it's a wonderful use of split screen where you see the two actors side by side. And it's very believable that these are two different individuals, even though they look exactly alike. And um, they want Dave to fill in for President Mitchell as he's exiting this uh, fancy event, this speech that he's giving in a couple of evenings. And so they have this very intricate scheme in which the president gives a speech and then Dave is the one who, dressed as a president, is exiting and shaking hands and everything. And they're, they're telling Dave that this is all because the president has, has to go somewhere top secret. Where, when it turns out he's having an affair with his staffer, Randy, again, played in a very early role uh, by Laura Linney. And, uh, you know, basically just covering up his indiscretions. Well, what ends up happening is that Dave, he he does his job and they put him in the limousine and they're driving him away. And all of a sudden, in the limo, uh, Dwayne, the Secret Service agent, gets a call and they redirect the limousine and they take him, take Dave to the White House. And what it turns out is that the president, while having an affair, had a massive stroke. And Bob... And Alan are debating what to do. And uh, the vice president, uh, played by ben, ben Kingsley, he's away on a sabbatical, and they don't want to inform it. They establish that the vice president is is a very decent uh, man. He does his job um, ethically, and he and the president don't see eye to eye. So they don't want to inform the vice president. In other words, they don't want the vice president to become the interim president and possibly the permanent president. Um so they don't want to inform him. So what they do is they concoct this plan to convince Dave to continue playing the president while Bob and Alan are kind of pulling the strings and really manipulating things behind the scenes. And so they bring Dave to the White House. This is a great scene in the Oval Office. And Dave is just freaked out. And it's a beautiful set. I mean, one thing I have to say about movies that portray presidents, uh, fictional or historical, they almost always do a great job with the set design. And here, he's in the Oval Office. They invite him to sit in the in the actual chair, and Dave is just like completely freaked out. And they convince Dave that the president uh, is, you know, he, 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 they need him to fill in because the president is sick, and they keep it very hush-hush. They've taken him to an underground facility. And so... Dave agrees reluctantly, and he has to call all of his his friends, and he has to call his employment agency and let them know that uh, he's going to be away. He uses the cover story that he's gotten married and eloped, and he's on his honeymoon. And so, hilarious scene in which uh, Bob and Alan are giving Dave a crash course on what it's like to be the president. And so they're giving him cue cards, they're quizzing him, they're using whiteboards to basically give him what's the equivalent of an adult's... uh, high school civics class 
really just branches of government and who all the individuals are, who are the senators, who are the uh, members of the House, who are his staff, and he's got to memorize all of these things. It's, it's a wonderful scene. Meanwhile, you have uh, a lot of news commentary, and one of the things that this movie does effectively is that it uses news commentary to feature the cameos of all of the real members of Congress, uh, the News Corps, late-night talk show hosts, and that's where you get a lot of the exposition of the story of you know what's going on in the current state of the, the country, current events, and things like that. So that's an, a very effective use of cameos, and this movie does that very well. The, the cameos, I think, feel like that they're integrated so well into this movie. It just feels very natural in this very outlandish story. And so I, I, I think it does a very good job with that. So a couple of standout performances I have to point out. First of all, Kevin Kline, I think, just does a masterful job here playing two very different characters. Now, the President Mitchell character, he doesn't have a big part in this, but the the scenes that he's in are very memorable. But really, Dave, he, he standout performance. He balances a lot of slapstick comedy, and Kevin Kline is known for a lot of uh, just comedic roles. And he does a great job of balancing the slapstick kind of goofy comedy with some very heartfelt moments. And he ends up developing a friendship with the First Lady. And, and it's so strange because the First Lady is estranged from the president. And Dave ends up, you know, basically falling for the First Lady. And they end up in this friendship, which blossoms slowly into this, this romance. And there, there's so many nuances and complications that arise with that and I'll leave it to you to discover that in the movie. Uh, another uh, great performance, I think Bob Alexander, uh, Frank Langella does a great turn here. I mean, he, he has such an incredible body of work and has done so many films since then. But here, I think this is a great uh, role, early role or mid-career role for him. Uh, Kevin Dunn, I think, does a great job too. He is really not quite... Uh, as corrupt as uh, Frank Langella, and he's actually earnestly trying to help uh, Dave Kovic uh, do his job, and he does a great job in this movie. But I think one of the standout performances is from Charles Grodin, who plays Murray Blum. He's this uh, kind of uh, loose tie, you know, uh, uh, frenetic, uh, kind of neurotic CPA who's helping Dave run his employment agency, which is hanging by his shoestring. And there is an incredible scene where Dave, he's, he ends up realizing how inefficiently things are run in the government. And so he decides he wants to take it on himself to help balance the budget. And the reason is, is because Bob and um, Alan behind the scenes, they're trying to manipulate uh, some appropriations and funding, which ends up uh, hurting one of the First Lady's initiatives. And that ends up in a big blow up between uh, the First Lady and uh, Dave, who who doesn't know what's going on, really. So when he discovers what's going on, he decides to call his friend Murray. And there's a great scene. He pulls up to the, the White House gates in his beat up station wagon, says, I want to see the president. And the guard's like yeah sure whatever and he gives him his name and the guard is just like shocked that his name is on the roster and they let him through and this scene of this beat up station wagon pulling up in front of the white house and 
Murray is essentially the audience. He's us. If we were in this situation, how freaked out we would be if someone we knew called us in this situation. And Murray, you could just see Charles Grodin's expression with his just his eyes. Just fantastic performance uh, by the late, great Charles Grodin. And Dave brings him into the White House and... Murray just wants to leave. <laughs> he just wants to escape. He's in over his head. But Dave convinces him to come into the Oval Office, and he orders two copies of the budget. And Murray's like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And so Dave actually pushes a button on an intercom. Brilliant scene, one of the best, where he says, uh, I'd like to order two, two copies of the budget, and can we round up two helpings of bratwurst with hot mustard? And uh, there's this, the look on Murray's face, Charles Grodin, great performance where he just kind of softens up and he says, you know, Bratwurst is my favorite. And then a montage of these two sitting on the floor with these piles of paperwork and Murray's going through it and with his CPA, uh, eyes and he's thinking, you know what? None of this makes any sense. Like if I ran my business this way, I'd be out of business. Great line, great delivery. And that is one of the standout scenes. I absolutely love this. And in fact, that particular scene, a bit of trivia, was actually referenced in a later movie, uh, the two, uh, 2000 movie called The Contender. It's a much more serious film with Jeff Bridges playing the president. And there's a, a, a scene, very powerful tense scene, where he's having lunch with a junior congressman played by Christian Slater, who's uh, on the opposing party or the opposite party. And they're trying to, you know, the president invites him to sit down and, and have lunch with him. And he says, you know, I saw this movie once where the president can basically order everything. So I ordered, uh, you know, I think he ordered like a shark sandwich, which is just kind of like this weird dish that you don't really, uh, you don't really see too often. And he invites him, he invites his junior congressman to take a bite. And the the congressman is is just hesitant about whether or not to break bread with the president. Anyway, I'm digressing. Great scene, but it pays homage to Dave. That's the movie that they're referencing. And so this scene, I I remember this scene very vividly, and I think it has been referenced in pop culture. Uh, So wonderful movie. It it all leads up to a lot of nuances. There's a a lot of uh, uh, intrigue. There's a conspiracy plot to... Uh, basically framed the vice president for some uh, unethical things that the that President Mitchell did. And so it all culminates once Dave realizes what's going on, and he has an opportunity to do the right thing. And really, that's what the film is all about. It's about this this really decent man who finds himself in this position of power. However, he's surrounded by all of these corrupt forces and he has an opportunity to do something. So how they pull it off, I mean, it's a three-ring circus. And on paper, this should just be a completely ridiculous outlandish plot. And it is in many ways. But it is so well executed that you almost buy into it. And that's something that this movie does well. And I will wrap it up here with a look at the good and the bad and my rating and where you can watch it. So the good, this is a feel-good movie that ties in a lot of optimism, uh, This a very likable protagonist, very likable characters, but within a very well-crafted, intricate, sophisticated plot. 
And I think it does it well. It doesn't fall too much into the slapstick. It doesn't go over the top with the ridiculousness and the silliness of the situation and the plot. It actually allows you to buy into it, to suspend your disbelief that, yeah, this is, you know, this is almost plausible. At the at the very least, you start to wonder maybe, you know, whether or not some of these elements are real. Do they use stand-ins for the real president? Do they, um, does the president, can the president really order any exotic dish uh, he wants by pressing a button on an intercom? And you start to think, oh, maybe that that is plausible. So it, it does that very well, even with the outlandish elements. Uh, you, you kind of buy into it just because of how well they're executed. Wonderful performances by an ensemble, very eclectic cast, a very good mix of film and television veterans. But especially, I, I think, props to Kevin Klein, Frank Langella, Sigourney Weaver, and I think uh, Charles Grodin, who almost steals the show in the scenes that he's in. Beautiful score. I think it, it fits perfectly with this movie. It is a charming score. It is uh, it fits perfectly with the themes of this movie, the characters, by the highly underrated James Newton, however. I think he's a great composer. And as I mentioned before, this movie, one of its strongest points is that it doesn't just throw in cameos. There's so many cameos, and sometimes when movies throw in a lot of cameos, it can be a bit of a distraction or it can feel very superfluous. I think the cameos work so well here, and it actually helps fill in the gaps rather than rely on a lot of exposition from one of the main characters. They use interviews, they use commentary from pundits uh, and late-night talk show hosts, and there's actually a great cameo with the director, Oliver Stone, who's known for directing a lot of um, famous movies, but he's also a very well-known conspiracy theorist. And there's a hilarious scene once, uh, they, once Dave really starts getting into the role and I will leave it at that. I'll leave you to check it out. There's an incredible scene that just, uh, it's a very quick and you'll miss it cameo, but it's really funny. And uh, But the cameos really do accentuate the story and they're very well used. And there is a very, very good B stories running here. I think the subplot between Dave and Ellen is well done. It's such a strange scenario when you think about it. But the actors, Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, do, do such a good job, and they have such good natural chemistry that uh, you're rooting for these characters. And the quiet moments, I think, are really good in a movie like this. Very well done, and it brings balance to the more frenetic elements. In terms of the negative, some of you may find the plot way too far-fetched. However, I would argue that this is a very well-executed film of a very outlandish plot. And if you can suspend your disbelief, I think you will be thoroughly entertained. And I think you'll uh, you'll feel good watching this movie. It is really a feel-good movie. Uh, my one big criticism of this movie is I think that the vice president character is not very well developed, which is really surprising because they cast a top A-list actor, Ben Kingsley, Academy Award winner, and he continues to act today. He's done and has an incredible body of work. He's very underutilized in this movie, and there is a B plot involving the vice president, as I mentioned before. But it's it's not as well developed as it could have been. There is a great scene between Dave and Vice President Nance 
And uh, the two actors, I think, do a very good job. And they're just talking about how they got into politics. And Dave obviously has to finesse it because he's pretending to be someone else. Uh, But there wasn't enough of that. I wish there were more scenes like that. I wish the vice president character had a little more to do. Uh, I'm curious as to whether there were deleted scenes because Ben Kingsley is such a great actor and obviously he's uh, got an incredible body of work. It's just surprising to see him in such a small role and uh, just, you know, very understated. So I think it might have been the movie might have been better served if the vice president had more of a uh, involved storyline or if maybe they had cast a lesser known actor in the part. But minor criticism, my overall rating, I give this a solid three and a half out of five stars. Where can you watch Dave? Now, I do recommend always check your library. If you want to check out a physical media copy, ask your librarian If they don't have it, they might be able to get it through interlibrary loan. You can check the digital resources of your library through Hoopla or Canopy. And if you want to watch it at home, uh, you're in luck. If you're a HBO Max or, as they call it now, Max subscriber, it's currently streaming on Max if you have a subscription. Or, just like with 12 Angry Men, this is actually available now Uh, currently on the YouTube Movies and TV Series channel. It's a a YouTube channel where they stream uh, films, and this is is legitimate. This is an official channel. Uh, They they do have commercials, and I think that's the way they're able to allow people to watch them for free so that they can cover the licensing costs. So I will have that linked in the write-up. I'll also have affiliate links if you want to purchase a physical media or digital copy from Amazon. That affiliate link will be available uh, at the write-up, which will be at bemovingforward.com. All right, some final thoughts. This was a comedy that didn't have a lot of big special effects, had a pretty modest budget, and you can see where the budget went. It looks like this is the type of movie that really used its resources well and did fairly well. And my question for Hollywood is, why aren't you making these kind of movies anymore? It, it just seems like the 90s were a time and the early 2000s were a time where you had a variety of different movies you could go see in the movies. And particularly drama, comedies, action movies involving fictional presidents, that was a, a trend during that period. And for some reason, we don't see that anymore. And I don't know if that was because you, you had the West Wing that, uh, you know, became such a cultural hit, and now that's kind of front and center. I don't know if there's less emphasis on those types of stories for movies. I feel like if Dave were made today, it would probably go straight to streaming. But this is a movie that I really enjoyed seeing on the big screen. I saw it twice. Uh, had a good theatrical run, modest budget, did very well. I think Hollywood should think about expanding and going back to some of these kind of films. Uh, films that have a great ensemble cast with veteran actors from television and film. Uh, that, and this is proof positive. You don't need a huge budget or huge special effects to create an engaging story. Um, there's obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, tentpole movies action films, superhero films, there's a place for that. But this is great alternative um, 
movie watching, in my opinion. If you need something that's more light, that's fun, and yet has an engaging story that'll keep your attention from beginning to end, Dave is the kind of movie that I think you will enjoy, and I do recommend check it out. Uh, one final thought, and this is kind of a fun thing, I, in my own head canon, when I watch movies about fictional presidents, whether it's a movie like Dave, The American President, or even something like Independence Day, uh, or Air Force One, I sometimes imagine that some of these are connected in the same universe, that what we're seeing are administrations, and each movie is maybe a different administration. So Dave is the William Mitchell slash Dave Kovic administration, and maybe uh, it moves into some other movies. Now, I know that doesn't always fit neatly, but one thing about movies that portray the president there's a through line that you can see that's fairly consistent, especially with the set design. I think most of these movies do a great job with the art direction and the sets, especially recreating the White House. And what you can see are style changes in terms of the decor, and that mirrors real life, real life because when a new administration comes in, they always change up the decor, but the, the basic foundation, the, the basic aesthetic of the White House looks the same. That's always consistent. And I think the movies do a great job of, of showcasing that. So that's just a fun little thing. So if you do watch some of these movies, maybe you'll think about how some of them might be connected in the same universe. Not all of them will fit, but uh, many of them you could you could say could make for a very interesting alternate history. All right. The write-up again is at bemovingforward.com. Hope you have a great weekend. Check out Dave, and I'll be back next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review. It helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.